0: Welcome to the due diligence podcast. I'm your host Robert Kraft and for more than 10 years with SNN I've been doing interviews with micro management teams at investor conferences globally as well as online. Our SNN live CEO video interviews are meant to pique interest and then one can discover more by going to that company website but personally I always have more questions I want to ask. On this show, I'll be chatting with public company executives from microcap companies, and we'll dive deeper into companies that are rarely profiled. Microcap traditionally is overlooked, unloved, and absolutely never featured on legacy financial media outlets unless something material is going on. That's a good story. With my experience interviewing management teams, having interviewed most of them before, I've built up a network of companies so there will be no shortage of content. Furthermore, this is an opportunity for me to showcase some of the qualitative lessons I've learned from guests on the Planet Microcap podcast. You can expect high quality interviews with management teams that may have exposure to broader macro trends that you may never have thought of. One of the many reasons why I love the microcap space. So if you love microcaps and especially love learning about companies before the professionals do, let's start our due diligence. My guest on the show today is Jacob Swen, president and CEO of Airgain. It's a publicly traded company. The symbol is AIRG on NASDAQ. Airgain is a leading provider of wireless connectivity solutions, creating and delivering products that include embedded components, external antennas, and integrated systems across the globe. The company's mission is to connect the world through optimized integrated wireless solutions. AirGain's expertise in custom cellular and antenna system design pairs with their focus on high growth technologies and their dedication to simplifying the growing complexity of wireless. With a broad portfolio of products across the value chain, from embedded components to fully integrated products, AirGain helps to solve critical connectivity needs in both the design process and the operating environment across the enterprise, automotive, and consumer markets. Jacob has been with the company for 15 plus years and has seen the company grow to where it is today and is now steering the ship since taking over as CEO in 2019. We talk about his full experience at the company, plus how the company has evolved from providing components to wireless systems, upselling AirGain's product suite to its tier one clients, competing in the IoT space, and where he sees the company in three to five years and inflection points to get them there. With that, Please enjoy my conversation with Jacob Swen, president and CEO of AirGain. Jacob, thank you for joining me today, how are you doing? Great,
1: and thank you for having me, Robert.
0: It's great to have you on here. So I, I've actually, I've, I've been following the company for actually the last last few months because I believe the company was just in our index, uh, the Planet Microcap index. And so I, wanted, I reached out because I wanted to, you know, dive deeper, learn a little bit more about the company. So as mm-hmm. we always do here, we start off. Uh, g- can you give us that one line that
1: best describes Airgain? Yeah, for me, Airgain stands for IF expertise. So Airgain knows radio frequency better than anybody else, and that has been the foundation. So if you talk about one sentence, is Airgain knows IF. Very good. All
0: right. Okay. Well, that'll kick us off, right? Very good. So. Let, let's get a little history of the company. You know, uh, I know it was founded back in 2003, the IPO in 2016. I, I think you've been in the company for what 15 plus years now. So, yeah, give us that give us that full history and how you got how the company got to where it's at today.
1: Yes, you know, I, I've been blessed to be with the company for that long. You know, I joined the company back in 2006. At that point, was still the 11BG days. And the reason why I joined Airgain was, was I was really intrigued by the smart antenna technology. That the company was really founded on. And, and, you know, and, and that's what attracted me. And it was the, you know, you remember back in the 11 BG days, you know, it was still single stream. So with smart internet technology, uh, again, was able to provide customers with a, uh, much better coverage, uh, in less, uh, blind spots. Right. And that's what the co- company was founded on. So all along, again, it's always been considered as a innovative leaders in the RF space. So certainly, we have done a lot of the antenna systems, and then later on, as you know, the, as the you know 11BG migrating to, to 11, you know, N, and then 11AC. Now it's 11AX. You know, we work very really closely with major service providers throughout all these years. So we've been focusing for a number of years until we went IPO 2016 on the consumer, specifically in-home wireless space. you know, Even though our foundation was really our expertise in RA, what we sell to the customers is you know the antenna systems. Now, I took over as the CEO uh, 2019, and it is at that time, the bull and I decided we need to change in the company direction. Uh, while we believe in the consumer market, we know we need to expand into other markets. And we also felt like, you know, we we know so much about the system level and we really need to uh, get rewarded for that type of expertise. Uh, And that's why I took the company and transitioned the company into the automotive, into the enterprise market with complete active system. So in the last few years, we came up with a number of products in the IoT space for enterprise, in the Wi-Fi AP space for enterprise, and then smart applications, as well as active product uh, for automotive, such as our AirGain Connect platform. So now I think that AirGain now has three growing verticals in consumer, enterprise and auto, uh, and, and really taking advantage of our expertise in regards to radio frequency.
0: Very good. So actually, I'm definitely going to ask you about that in a little bit, you know, about those three verticals and, you know, especially why the choice to go into automotive as well as enterprise. But before we get there, tell us a little bit more about the product set itself. You know, what exactly is are the products that you're now selling to consumer automotive as well as to enterprise?
1: Great questions. So prior to, I would say, 2019, we've been focusing a lot on what we call the embedded products. So those are the products that gets into someone else's device, namely for gateways, for TVs, et cetera. We have our antenna system that go into someone else's uh, device. Uh, That's still the case predominantly in the consumer space. Now, what we have developed uh, recently are what we call integrated product. Those are the complete active system that we are now provide, such as uh, our aging Connect uh, antenna modem systems such as the IoT system in regards to asset tracker, uh, some of the, you know, uh, complete system that we're selling into the Wi-Fi, you know, enterprise Wi-Fi AP uh, product. And then the other category is what we call our standalone passive antenna system. And those are the product that mostly in the enterprise and automotive market, uh, with automotive mostly for the aftermarket. Uh, such as a uh, mass transportation system. Uh, so it's a complete antenna system that goes on top of the, a bus, as an example, or could go into the enterprise market, such as the smart city applications. So we would have our passive antenna system goes on top of a kiosk, as an example, like right? a vending machine. So we now have three distinct product families, embedded, integrated, and antenna plus staying alone
0: very good so i mean you know look i've done a number of interviews over the years with companies that are you know especially once iot kind of became the next you know the new thing right uh iot internet of things you know connected everything right um so i i'd love i'd love to know what makes your product sweet and your technology unique and different compared to some of these competitors out there. That you know, it, it's it's getting it, it's getting pretty competitive out there, for lack of a better term.
1: Yes. Uh. Well, again, I talk about our foundation. It's on performance. It's on innovation in in again, those radio frequency, and that's why uh, major service providers, all the tier ones globally, we talk about guys here. You know, the the Comcast, the Charter the AT&T, the Verizon, right up there in Canada, you know, Bill Canada, Telus. In Europe, you talk about Telefonica, LGI, you know, Orange, you naming it. In in Asia, you talk about NTT, you talk about Korea, South Korea. So all the tier one carriers globally using A-game product. And the reason why is we help them optimizing the system. We help improve the overall performance. The thing about radio, radio frequencies, it's almost like what I call black magic. Things you don't see. It's not the ones and zeros, but it, you know, the environment changes, especially indoor. And, and, and we really solve a lot of those uh, complex radio frequency issues that customers are experiencing, right? And as things gets more complex, uh, this is where we really shine. Uh, now, that was the underlying technology. But what we do, what's our product differentiating the other people? It's our ability to connect better than anybody else. Uh, so we we, you know, if you think about our vision, you know, it's air game is the one that's gonna connect the world through our optimized wireless solutions, right? So we, you know, the technology underneath that, like I say, is the expertise in radio frequency. But the product, how do we you, you talk about what wow, there are a bunch of people out there? Why air game? It's because we can perform better than other people, gotcha. Right, and and that's 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 what again uh, is not for. Gotcha. So I
0: I, I want to do a follow up to that because you know I, in the micro cap space you know there's a number of companies that you know, whatever the product suite or technology is, you know, sometimes they'll say like, Hey, yeah, we work with these tier one customer base and, you know, sometimes, you know, the, maybe the revenues don't always reflect that, you know, cause so as, as an, you know, we're thinking to ourselves, we're looking like, okay, so what does that exactly mean? You know, is it, did they just get started? Are they, are they ramping? You know, what, what, does that mean? So I, I asked that to you. When you say that you work with these tier one companies and they're starting to use your product suite in, in, in various different ways, you know what? What does that actually look like? And what's how's that ramp from there?
1: Well, actually, we've been working with them uh, for many years. So so companies such as you know the MSOs, Charter eighteen you know uh, Charter Comcast right even the you know service providers AT T. So they've been using our product for many years. But they've been using us This on our embedded product, right? So for Got me, it. uh, the ASP was a lot smaller, even though the volume is huge, you know, and, and this is where we decided to transition because we feel like we have always been the one that's making a difference in regards to the performance, the wireless performance of the gateway, right? If you open up any explanatory device, you know, from Comcast, A game products inside, right? And if you think about that. Uh, they always been focusing on just the chipset, right? Because, but everybody have the same chipset. And what they understand is that how do you differentiate your system or your gateway from others? How do you guarantee a certain type of uh, service or bandwidth? It's got to be the widest piece, right? And this is where anything can really help them. Now we've been doing that for many years. What's different now about moving forward is upselling. That's where we say, Hey, what if we creating a c-band product but i can go back to the same people we've been working with but now i'm going to be them at a much greater asp you know we talk about 100 times more than when i'm just selling a you know a, a you know as you say you know a low-cost antenna system right and that's the stuff that we do on the consumer side the enterprise side you know we're really active with our iot products right? So we're into, you know, you know we have cellular modems that's selling into EV, you know, uh, the EV market, as an example. We have our, you know, asset tracker that's widely deployed into uh, logistics uh, companies. And then we certainly also into, you know, smart meter application. So we also seeing that growth with our integrated product,
0: right? Got, got it. All right. So, so pretty much just so I understand myself. So in working with these tier one partners right now, they're using, you know, low cost, smaller components that you had that relationship with. But the idea was back when you became CEO in 2019, is that you decided, okay, great that we work with them, but we need to update the product set so that we can upsell them more of what we do here, you know, from, uh, you know, uh, just everything that you do there. Right. Is that how, is that how folks should better understand where the company's at right now?
1: Yeah. I mean, on the consumer side, like right? okay. so we okay. have a different strategy for the enterprise and the auto. But on the consumer side, you said it really well. It's how do we take advantage of that stickiness? You know, because it's very really difficult to win the trucks of the service providers, especially the tier one. But for Airgain, we have always been their strategic partner. When they have a device, they come to Airgain looking for advice on how do we optimize it. So throughout the years, they recognize and appreciate Airgain's core competency which is, you know, our expertise and this is where uh, for me that was the, always the hardest part because people buy from people they like and they trust and with air really sure. we already earned that and, and that's why it's easier for us to also selling them a more complete c-band product because they many of them are thinking about c-band in a millimeter way and air is the ideal uh partner for that Got okay it. now on the enterprise and then the auto is different you know we are selling more complete system uh, for but some of them is for enterprise customers, which is you know a lot. You know it's, it's not as big, not a single biggest customers, but many smaller ones, right? So different sales strategy and product portfolio. Very
0: good. So let's go. Let's go down that road on those two verticals. Why? Why did you decide uh, as as your strategic initiative? Okay, now we want to go after automotive and enterprise.
1: Well, it's, like I say I always believe that we already know sister right? And, and, and the, the, and as we look into some of the newer market, we identified enterprise being very lucrative, but enterprise is so big. So we started seeing, Hey, what are some of the sub markets? And one sub market or several sub markets identified would be the Wi-Fi, you know, the, the, the enterprise Wi-Fi AP. And we already know a couple of major, you know, players in that space that we actually have relationship with. So it's natural for us to work with them in providing the complete system, right? And then, you know, IoT, we always, oh, we, we, we look look at the industrial IoT, we see huge potential. And, and at that point was a buy versus build decision. And we were fortunate to be able to acquire Nimble at the beginning of 2021. And as you can see, it's been hugely successful. You know, a company we acquired, uh, we turned out, you know, accredit, uh from the get-go and we're able to increase the revenue uh, substantially as well as the gross margin. Uh, and because we understand how do we, you know, if you look into some of the the reason why we bought that company is to quickly get into the IoT space on the industrial side. And also how can we do co-selling and how can we leverage in our global sales organization to sell more of the IoT product? And, and we're able to, you know, execute, uh, really well in each one of the things we identify. And that's why we're seeing, uh, ex- you know, exceptional growth, you know, from 2021 to 2022. And ex- I expect that trend to continue. Right. A- and then in you know, the automotive side, you know, we decided creating something innovative, you know, which, which is with the air connect platform. You know, we have our HPE version that we launched, uh, I would say a year and a half ago. Working closely with the first responders, uh, first name. And that was the first step. Ultimately, the next gen product is what we, you know, what we're focusing on, which is a much broader product, uh, serve a much broader, you know, audience and customers. And, and, and that's why I really feel good about the growth opportunity, uh, for air game in 2023 and beyond absolutely so
0: I, I want to talk about you know operations a little bit you know the last three years is you know since 2019 I became CEO in quite a time man right <laughs> literally right before the world you know basically went to hell for for a little bit here so you know tell us about you know how did covid impact air gain and what were what were some of the issues and maybe some of the things that you overcame in order to get to where you're at today
1: yes uh great questions you know I have to tell you you know it's I wasn't expecting that when I took on the CEO position, you know, it's COVID and then it's the supply shortage and, and it's, we're still in it, by the way. I, I hope that it's going to be, you know, be, be the end of it soon, but we're still in it. Uh, and, you know, and, and it's, you know, organizationally, you know, COVID, you know, it's the people not be able to work, you know, uh, closely like we used to be, you know, as a system hardware company. I think that having people be able to, be in the same meeting and, you know, do whiteboarding. Those are critical stuff that, that we have to do. And, and, and I really feel fortunate that because we're working with uh, some of the first responders, we still allow our, some of our engineering critical people to come back to work. But overall, I think that we lost some of those synergy as far as uh, people's concern. Uh, and, and, you know, look, we continue to execute. I mean, to be able to do another acquisition. Remember, we did the acquisitions of Nimble Bank during the pandemic year. So for me, when things go tougher, it's when you really focus on execution. And this is when there's actually opportunities that you can take advantage of. So for me, it's not about getting shy away from the challenges. It's more about what are the opportunities now you can partake because of the challenges. And 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 certainly the supply shortages is another thing uh that we have to deal with. We have contract manufacturers in China, uh, and, and 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 certainly, you know, with some of the unpredictable lockdown, and even in you know in Southeast Asia, we issues, uh, and we have to overcome a lot of that. So we, we basically started expanding other contract manufacturers in the US, right? So again, it's to take on the challenges and and and, and come up with better solutions. So those are the ones, the ones that can execute better are the ones actually going to emerge even better when it's all saying down. That's how I see it. And that's why I think that some of the things is forcing you to react quicker. So without the supply shortage issue, without the logistic issue we have to deal with, you know, as a result of the pandemic, you know, as a result of the supply shortage, uh, we will not be acting so fast about setting other CMs in North America but because of the results of that i think that we're now even more equipped to tackle we you know we be- become much more scalable you know across the globe from an operation perspective and i you know we also took advantage of the situation by going fabless. you know so we uh, closed our manufacturing facility in arizona uh to actually help with the uh, overall operation uh, saving And because now we actually have more cms we can work with so uh, going back to what i said you know i like to look at things the glass half full instead instead of half empty and it's more about how do you take advantage of that
0: fair enough absolutely so this is a question i love to ask everybody on here um you know listen you've gone to some investor conferences you've done the one-on-ones you're working at, at the guys at gateway you know they're putting they're making sure you're getting out there and whatnot so in in some of these conversations, what are some of the frequently asked questions that you still get from investors? You know, what, what are they still somewhat confused about? Maybe, maybe we can address that here today when it comes to air
1: Game. Okay, well, great questions. And thank you. I think that's something that I would love for people to know that aggregate is not what it was, you know, uh when it went IPO. So as I mentioned earlier, you know, prior to when IPO, Agin was a what you want to call it more of a one-trick pony, right? Focusing on the service provider with A high performance antenna system, you know, component uh, company. Again, today it's drastically different. We are now a system company. We, you know, that embedded now represents only one third of our overall product portfolio and also overall revenue, right? The other two thirds are all system based, the stuff I just mentioned to you for the enterprise or IoT, right? the stuff we're doing with the the antenna modem systems, right? So a number of things, you know, we're going to come up with fixed wireless access systems as well, right? So as you can see, Agen today is a system system company, which is drastically different than what it was uh, way back. And because of the pandemic, uh, people, many people still think of Agin as an antenna company, which is no longer the case. So I hope that if one thing to take away from this conversation today, it's Agin is knowing that Alien is now a system company, you know, got a much greater market that the company start attacking, and already have product for them and selling.
0: Very good. All right. So my next question for you, you know, look, we're, we're this is a microcap show. You know, some companies are profitable, some are not. Um, and I wanted to address because the company is growing revenues, right, from uh from the Q two numbers from uh going from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two. You know, uh, just on the six month side for the first six months of this year going from a, uh, you know, just over 34 million to over just, uh, almost 37 million, you know, so the revenues are growing, but the companies did report, you know, not profitable. So I- I'd love to know what, what is the company's path to profitability here?
1: Well, uh, second quarter, we already turned uh, profitable. Okay. Yeah. So look, we, you know, as we transition from a component company to a system company, we have to do a lot of investment, right? So, in, as I indicated, 2019, when I took over, I started focusing on developing product, system product for the new market. And I'm happy to to, to say that we now have, uh, a, you know, a, a, a pretty decent product portfolio for the system product portfolio for enterprise and for automotive. And we're still gonna do more. As I mentioned to you, the Bank product for the consumer uh, market, that's gonna come early next year. The stuff we're gonna do the next gen, the one that I really feel strong about on the, you know, for the AirGain Connect platform, it's gonna come out. So a lot of this is gonna help grow the company in a big way. I mean, AirGain is a growth company, but given the current macro environment, we also recognize at the beginning of this year that, look, we have to focusing on operation discipline, and that's why Q1 we transition the factory out, you know, to CMs, and that really help uh, reducing uh, a lot of our operation expenses. And in Q2, we turn positive EBITDA positive, and, and actually creating uh, EPS positive as well. I expect that trend to continue in Q3 and in the foreseeable future. So we're gonna still be a growth company, but we're gonna be a growth co- growth company that actually being EBITDA positive, being profitable.
0: For sure, but just to be clear on that, that that was was that non-GAAP adjusted EBITDA, or are you talking about on the on on uh, gap adjusted
1: EBITDA? Well, we we're always looking at non-GAAP because you yeah, talk about you know because you have to take into account about the. Equity piece, which is really not how we run the business, right? So okay, that's cool. why you know if you look looking into the Wall Street right analysts, they always focusing on the non gap because non gap is that's really talk about actual cash you are able to create and put them into the bank, right? Sure. With the gap, a lot has to do with the you know the stats out there, right? So that's why, because of the the you know the 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 SEC you know changes right regarding uh, equity you know options I S U. So we also subject reserve. That's why for uh, analysts uh, most of the analysts uh, that we're dealing with they only want to focusing on the non gap, which is really a a a good indication, a true indication of how well the company is being run.
0: Got it. Just, I just wanted to make sure we were clear, you know, because uh, Yeah, make sure yeah we're I clear. understand.
1: So that's why when I say problem, we're talking about non-gap. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So another question I have for you, and I ask, I ask this to everybody on here. So, I mean, in your opinion, what, what would you say are some of the company's downside risks?
1: Well, certainly the supply shortage is still not going away. We do see some improvement, so that's good to see. Uh, but it's still here. I think the macro environment, you know, the war in, you know, in Ukraine, right? We just don't know is that going to end soon, which will be great or it's going to be spiral out of control, right? So I, I would say those are the macro environment is what I perceive to be the biggest risk and that apply to any company. But certainly with us, you know, we, we got to, uh, we got to make sure that the supply chain, you know, we're also a global company so we got to make sure that you know uh that macro environment is not gonna uh come to a halt, so to speak right inflation is not helping so but like i say you know everybody's dealing with that and i feel strongly about the team we have that we're gonna be the one that can execute and still deliver uh good results right now uh as far as you know so certainly you know, uh, you, you also have to deal with, uh, you know, some of the attrition, you know, comes with uh, inflation, right? Comes with, you know, just not people not being together. So, but I, I really think that uh, the company is in a good position. So, I, aside from the macro issues, I, I really don't think of anything that I really think of, of, of anything major that I got to, to disclose to you. Very. All
0: right. So, another thing I want to ask about is some of the industry tailwinds. Right. So, what what do you see as um, certain trends happening within the industry that you think Airgain can potentially take advantage of here?
1: Well, I think that there are lots of opportunities in the IoT space, uh, and that's why we, have, we continue to want to grow that space. And we feel now we actually continue to develop uh, different products with the asset trackers, with the you know our cellular uh, modems. So, and, you know, and also we come up with other new products as well. Uh, you know, and then also we have a fixed wireless access uh, uh, system. I really think that there, and then also on the 5G space, uh, you know, I think that we have a, you know, advanced uh, development team focusing quite a bit on the 5G development. I really think that's going to position the company really well. Uh, I think that people sometimes tend to be, you know, scale away when things are, you know, kind of going bad. But for me, we still stay disciplined, but we're gonna continue to invest uh, on the 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 market that's uh, that we really believe that it's gonna it's continue to grow. Five uh, G and FWA, the fixed wireless access, uh, those are two areas we're really focusing on. And you know, and certainly, uh, you know, some of the challenges with the service providers, right, because they're still dealing with chipset shortage issue. I would expect that to get better. Things beyond our control. Uh, and once it, it it recovers, I do think that uh, it's gonna help uh help us out.
0: Very good. All right. So an- another question that I have for you, Jacob, is, what in your opinion, where where do you want to see the company in three to five years, and what do you expect to be the inflection points to get you there? From what you can tell us, of course
1: yes you know as i I indicated you know i think that we are attacking a a pretty good size market you know the 10 uh combined for our three market total addressable market it's uh more than 15 billion dollars, and the same you know uh it's actually more than seven billion so for a company of our size we got so much to grow right and that's what's so exciting about air game right and i really think that our radio Frequency expertise, all right, Expertise—it's what's gonna put the company on top. The reason being is that things are gonna get more complex. You know, five G. You know, one of the reason why millimeter wave cannot roll out as fast as it could be—it's all this noise issue, right? How do you get through, right? Get through the window. All of this is RN, right? Things you can't see, but it's there, right? And looking into the complexity now. You know, eleven BG I mentioned earlier, eleven N AC you know, Wi-Fi 6, you know, and now they talk about Wi-Fi 6E, things are getting more complex. And as a result of that, they have to look for someone that's really expertized. And that's why service providers, when they develop the next generation of Wi-Fi 6E, they have to come to AirGain, you know, for help. Because we are the one who can solve that complex problem. We make things simpler for them, right? And that's, so, with things getting more complex, I really think that uh, the companies are, well position than ever. And, and with the product that we're developing, right? I mentioned to you, FWA, 5G, C-band, uh, you know, again, connect platform. I think that we have several disruptors, you know, and all it takes is one of them to really, you know, uh, grow the company will be quite different, you know, in two or three years. And that's what I see it. I won't be really giving you the forecast but I really see that the company has a lot of upside potential, given the product I just shared with you, given the technology that we have.
0: Absolutely. Hey, what one last question on the competitive side or the competitive landscape side? I mean, who is your most direct competitor? I mean, who are you? Who are you always kind of bidding against to win win business?
1: Yeah, it's a little bit different. Uh, depends on the market. Uh, and on the consumer side. Uh, most of the time, it's actually dealing with, because you, you're dealing with the service providers, those are the carriers and whatnot, but they buy product from what they call the OEM, ODMs, right? Uh, those would be like companies like Telefonica, uh, uh, not Tele, uh Technicolor, right? Technicola, uh Comscope, Ares, right? Those are the, the players. And I would say it's those OEM, ODM, they have, have their own internal team that we compete against. Okay, so if you saying, hey, who's your... Biggest competitor is the internal antenna team of the OEM ODM on the consumer side. But guess what? They don't deliver the kind of performance we can. So that's why we are still incumbent, a charter, a Comcast, right? in AT&T, et cetera. Right. Now on the in, in enterprise the side, you know, we have a few, uh, especially on the IOT is so big. You know, I would say, you know, some names come to my mind would be someone like a Digi. Digi International, that would be someone we compete in, in in IoT space. On some of the you know the the standalone integrated antenna systems, we may be competing company like Tower Glass. Okay, just to name a few, and then on the you know on the on the you know on the AirG Connect platform, it's not really a competition because we have something that's pretty disruptive that we own the IP on, right? Which is to have a fully integrated system on top of a vehicle, right? Or in the form of a fixed wireless access, that creating a a much greater coverage that really there's no drug competitor.
0: Very good. All right, so a couple more questions for you here. You know, um, as we said, like, you know, you've been getting out there, you've been talking to geniuses like me and, uh, you know, going out on road shows, all that kind of stuff. how, in, in talking with some of your shareholder base, how much if at all are you influenced in, in your decision making process from them? You know, do you get some good insights? Do you act on any of that? You know, because I know folks who are listening to this would love to know. One, they'd love to have access, of course, to microcap management teams. And two, they want to feel at a minimum that they're being heard. Right. So oh, yeah. Yeah, love to hear your thoughts there.
1: Yes, yes. You know, in fact, that's where my, you know, my area partner gateway a lot. Uh, some of the things they do, you know, to help is actually doing stuff like a, a survey uh, perception of air gain with investors, with analysts to really understand what people think of air gain and what area should we get better at. Right. And that's the stuff that we're doing. Right. I think that uh, and, 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 and so as an example of that. Right. So we get to hear saying, hey, one of the things, you know, so branding is one area, we, you know, can we creating a better brand, right? How do we not think of, again, as a component company? How do we, and and this is the area where you can help us as well, right? But that, and then the other thing is, you know, how do we stay disciplined, right? You know, with our our app X, right? I think things change when, you know, I think that everybody was saying, grow, grow, grow. But now they say, hey, Jacob, you got to be also disciplined, especially, with the potential recession up and coming. So we got to also, that's why we pivot a little bit to make sure we are focusing a lot on operational efficiency, you know, on com- up X control to make sure that we're still going to grow, but we got to make sure we are watching the bottom line, you know. And, and those are the stuff that, you know, that we got to, you know, do the feedback from investors, analysts. Uh, and people like you you know give us really good in- indication because you you are out there you you hear you learn and and we, we we always appreciate those uh feedback
0: for sure absolutely and by the way, shout out that that's really that's really smart uh, that's that's cool to hear that uh, they they do the surveys like that 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 makes a whole bunch of sense um all right so my last question for you today to close this out I asked everybody um uh, on here as as my final question you know how's your experience been? Being a public company CEO. It's not an easy job, you know, but but how have you been
1: approaching it? And and do you, you know, do you enjoy it? Uh the answer is yes. you know, despite all the challenges, uh it, you know, this is such a unique opportunity, right? There are not that many public companies out there, although Agen is still small, but I really built like well-will position. And i really think that being a public company ceo you have a lot of responsibility not only for your employees you know your 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 you know your board members but most importantly the shareholders you have to take that to heart you got to understand first and foremost your number one job is to create shareholder value you do whatever it takes you know uh, within limit of course legal limit to make sure that you create that and that's why You know, I'm not complacent. I'm not trying to sit here and make this a value company. You know, this is a company we're going to grow. We're going to continue to create, you know, value to the shareholders. And one thing I commit is 100% of my effort and surrounding with really capable executive team that I now have. So I feel good about the company. You know, it's still got a lot of hard work in front of us. You know, we're still small. But I have to tell you, I could not be more proud of my team uh, and and what we have been able to do in the last couple of years, despite all the you know the market ways we have to deal with. You know, I mean, we we grow the company 15, 20 percent, you know, year over year. We expect to even do better. Hopefully, you know, in the foreseeable future, if things you know turn around. At the same time, we still do M and A. We still de- deliver newer product. You know, the boat, the ship. It's marching ahead, you know, not stopping. Okay, that's what we that's how I think. Okay. Nothing's sure. gonna stop us. We we are gonna go to that promise lane. And uh, nothing's gonna stop us. Very good. There'll be storm along the way, but we're gonna get there.
0: <laughs> very good. So Jacob, with that, where can our audience go and find more information on Air Game?
1: Yes, please visit our website at www.airgame.com.
0: Very good. Well, Jacob, we're there. Thank you so much for for joining me today. Answer all my questions. Really do appreciate it. Good luck, and I look forward to our next update. Thank you, Locker.